Welcome to the Insight Podcast and the first episode of 2024. Joining me on the show today is Hannah Beecham. Hannah is the founder and CEO of Red January, a community campaign which has helped nearly 250,000 people move more, connect with the community, as well as raise over £3.2 million for movement and mental health charities. I talked to Hannah about her story and why the Red January mission means so much to her, the effects of exercise on mental health, how we can break down the three barriers people come up against who want to exercise more, how we can get more movement into our working day, the impact Red January has had, and much, much more. Enjoy the episode. I want to keep it real because we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions and habits and exercise, all that good stuff. But with when it comes to resolutions, I'm wondering if, is there a resolution that you've set yourself, but then you didn't actually keep it, you didn't achieve it, you fell off the bandwagon or whatever it is by the end of January? I did actually. And this... Um... I've toyed with whether to share this or not because it it was a movement. It was a movement habit. It was a physical activity habit. Um, I don't know about you, but every year I, I set myself a goal of being a beginner at something, largely sports related. So um, I've been doing it for a few years now. And I guess the inspirations come from the red community. But last year I um, went back to school and learned how to properly swim. So I, I could swim, but I wouldn't say I was a strong swimmer. Um, things like technique, all of that stuff, I just didn't really learn at school and therefore carried it into adulthood and didn't really know what I was doing, I guess. <laughs> and so I went back to school and I'd, I'd made a promise to myself that I would continue it throughout January and that um, all the lessons that I'd learned during that intensive course, I would keep it, keep it going. And I didn't. And a year on, actually, I think I've been in a pool a couple of times. Um, And so I'm sitting here saying this thinking, actually, for Red January, I really need to step back into that pool because all those lessons I was learned, I was taught, sorry, I don't want to lose them. And so I really need to keep those things going. Um, So that's a real confession around, (laughs) around a movement habit that I didn't continue um but I'm also wondering there's obviously there's always a reason for these things isn't it so I'm trying to figure out what the barriers were all of all of that stuff well so what were they what were the barriers because I know I'd like to swim more and I know for me it's just the faff it's just the like they're getting changed and then like I get out and I I'm like really hot and so then like by the time I've left the swimming pool I've sweated in like my new clothes that I'm supposed to be wearing for work I'm like it's just not worth it I'm with you, but it's really similar. It's it takes up a few hours, doesn't it? Even if you're in the pool, yeah. like half an hour to an hour, actually, there's time either side of it. It's a real commitment. It's a few hours. Um, also, I don't live that close to a pool, and the one that I was considering going to, I don't know. I think I feel a bit intimidated because they're all really they're all really quick, strong swimmers. It tends to be either in the morning, it's it's people that get in there, do lap after lap after lap. Um, and so I think I just need to find a time in the day where it's, it just feels like it's for everyone. Um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one. And I shouldn't feel intimidated because, yeah, sport is very inclusive and that's what these environments are there for. But as I said, I'm just sharing very honestly, like those are the things that I'm like, oh, maybe that is coming into play a bit. Um yeah, something to definitely explore and just, I think, just take a leap of faith with it and just get back in there. Stop overthinking it. <laughs> For sure. Uh, no, I think so too. But I think you are you are keeping it real and, and it is a barrier for so many people, perhaps more um, for, for women maybe, like getting in the gym and lifting weights and just feeling intimidated by the big brawny guys. And it's like, I shared something on Twitter recently and I said, don't wait to look the part to get started. Get started and soon you'll look the part. And I just think that's something that we can all 
think, and it's in so many different aspects of life, isn't it? Not just fitness, but maybe you want to write more. Maybe you want to start a podcast, whatever it is. Like, don't worry about having all the stuff and looking right and having the right clothing. Just get started and then you'll, you know, you'll enjoy the benefits, but also you will look like a pro very quickly because it doesn't take much, does it? Like, it, it, it doesn't take much to be better than you were before and better than the average person. So just get started, I think. It's so true. And it's like you said, I think, well, we talk about it a lot of red, but it, the, first, the first step is always the hardest, always. Definitely. And then when you start taking those steps and it becomes part of your day-to-day, actually those barriers start to lessen. You start to look forward to it more. It becomes part of your identity. It's, it's all of those things, isn't it? But it, it is that first step. But it's keeping that going as well, because you might take the first step, you might feel good, then you leave it too long, and then you're back at the first step. And so it's just thinking, I'm almost, I'm glad I'm having these experiences. And actually, the reason why I started to do them is because it's important for me that I'm I'm thinking about what all the barriers are, and I'm only human, and I'm going to experience them too. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I was really keen to make sure that I I felt all of that as well and I'm definitely feeling it with swimming I'm so determined though. I'm so determined to keep it going <laughs> uh, well all the all the things you're going to be learning you can share with your your massive audience that have signed up which we will come to um, but before we talk more about Red January I want to hear more about your story I suppose and you know, why Why this means so much to you and why this is a mission that you've embarked upon. Um, please, please tell us more about your story. Of course, yeah. So it's um, going into our eighth year of, of Red January. So it started from a very personal place and it started with my mum, my incredible mum, who experiences depression. And I was finding that there was a few years where my mum, especially during the winter, was experiencing lower mood, lower energy, her depressive symptoms were increasing as well at that time of year. And naturally, when you've got that personal connection, it, it makes you it makes you sit with that for a lot longer. It makes you think about what's out there to support your loved ones. And eight years ago, there just really wasn't anything in the UK that was supporting us all to, to move, to come together, to have something positive to look forward to. So often it was this new year, new me message which can feel really overwhelming um and also in the UK it's almost like we'd accepted that we just kind of battened down the hatches remain sedentary Netflix and chill (laughs) and that's that's we're supposed to feel this way we're supposed to feel sluggish we're supposed to feel exhausted was so often you hear those things and so did a bit more digging and it's one of those things where you know when you see something you just can't unsee it and in the UK inactivity levels completely like dropped in the winter and there's so many reports of people feeling low in mood low in energy even if you don't experience mental health challenges and I couldn't get beat the winter blues out of my head and it was very much a 4am in the morning idea with red January together let's beat the winter blues let's move and it started with me and my mum moving every day. My mum was out walking her dog. We weren't always doing it together. But to know that we were together supporting each other in spirit, there was so much power in all of that. So actually the essence of how Red January began hasn't changed at all. It started with connection, sharing a goal, coming together for something really positive, experiencing the benefits of regular movement on our own well-being, and now, what, eight years on, there's been over 270,000 people around the UK embrace regular movement in a way that works for them and their lifestyle. And my mum is still at the very heart of it all. She's part of the online red community. She meets up with Redders. Mm-hmm. I meet up with Redders. Um, it's been quite a journey. I talk about it just like, it's been eight years. But <laughs> it's been quite a journey in between, of course. But yeah, to know that it started with my mum and to see her still a part of all of that is, yeah, just very, very, very heartwarming. Oh, for sure. And it must, you, must make you feel incredibly proud. And what what impact has it had on your mum then? Do you see the changes in her? Do you see the change in yourself as well? Yeah, I do. So even that first year, my mum 
I had been signed off work for a while. She went back to work after a few months. It's obviously to say that it doesn't necessarily cure depression by any means, but to know my mum can now manage those things, almost like this toolkit of things my mum can turn to, with movement being one of them. And then for me, actually, my relationship with movement has evolved so much. So I was a really keen runner. Um, I loved cross-country as a teenager. In my 20s, I was all about kind of PBs, had a watch on all the time, was pushing for time, um, constantly signing up to races and, and things like that. And actually moved into my 30s, nearing 40 now. And my relationship and the way I see movement has completely shifted. You'll see in the campaign as well, we don't even talk about exercise or sport. So actually, I'm constantly thinking about, oh, how can I move from A to B, like active travel? Maybe I could walk. Mm. And I'm not thinking, oh, I need to go out. I have to go out for this run and I need to push. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying mixing up movement. And just being a lot kinder to myself as well and, and incorporating it into my day-to-day in a way that works for me and having fun with it as well. It's been a real shift and that is testament to the road community and seeing everything that they do year on year as well. Yeah, I think that's the secret or the secret that isn't a secret is that just just move in ways that you love and move regularly and don't worry so much like we were talking about earlier just, just don't worry so much about like looking the part and having all the stuff and timing and i think nutrition then comes into it doesn't it and people are worried about their carbs and protein and everything like that and the message that i try and share all the time is just just get moving and don't worry about it i think so often people are made to feel like they have to look and behave like a professional athlete. It's like energy drinks and supplements, all these things, all this messaging is thrown at us and advertised. And we see all these beautiful looking people that they're training like professional athletes. And it's trying to kind of persuade you that that's how you should be looking and how you should be training. And it's like, we've lost, <clears throat> excuse me, we've lost our way. That's just my yerba mate. I'm not getting choked up and emotional. <laughs> I just swallowed a bit of a leaf, I think. But anyway, um, we've just lost our way, haven't we? And we just need to go back to just the fundamentals of moving little and often in the ways that you enjoy in a community. And that seems to be very much the message that you spread as well, isn't it? Oh, I'm nodding away. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm I'm with you. It, it, all of a sudden, I don't know if you're feeling this, but it just feels really overwhelming out there as well. And it's what you're saying is like we've lost the essence of what it means to move and just a really simple way. It doesn't need to be complicated. It really doesn't. And I often think back to, um, I remember so vividly actually like being a teenager wearing like this big baggy t-shirt, probably trainers that were a bit too big for me and they were just from the local like Primark or, do you know, it's just like, but I loved running. And it wasn't, yeah. it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. Um, and so as what you're describing now, it's like you need to look a certain way for you to clash yourself as something like an, a runner or this. Or uh, I actually, now I love, I love wearing a baggy t-shirt and going for a run and just anything. I just think there's so, so liberating against them about that, going against the grain of it all. But um, yeah, we really, we just encourage everyone in the red community to embrace movement in a, in a way that works for them. It doesn't even mean necessarily getting into any active gear, as it were. It could be that you leave your car at home and you walk your kids to school. Mm. That's more than you would have done if you'd been in your car. So it's just, it's thinking about those incremental things that you can do day to day just to enhance, enhance things by adding a bit of movement in and um, maybe sharing it with others, like your family or friends, and then seeing where that gets you and how you start feeling. Because those things built up over time, like I said earlier, they just become part of who you are and you don't even think about it being movement anymore. It's just who you are. Yeah. I was about to say the, the snowball effect of one little change. And if you just start walking a little bit more, all of a sudden you feel like you've got a bit more energy and all of a sudden you sleep better. And then the next day you eat more healthily because you slept better and you're not as tempted by the, the, the processed snacky food. And then 
you've got more energy, so you do a harder workout. You, you know, you don't just work out. Sorry, you don't just go for a walk. You do a proper workout. And then again, you sleep better. And then you think, well, I'm not going to eat badly because I've just done that amazing workout and I kind of want to keep it up. And it just goes on and goes on and goes on. And then I think that what you say about the baggy t-shirt and the trainers. Um, a couple of years ago, I ran a, a marathon with no shoes on. So I'd done a couple of half marathons barefoot. And then I eventually like set myself a goal. I want to run a marathon with no shoes on. And I did it. And, and one of the reasons that I did it, there were quite a few different reasons, but one of the reasons was kind of like a, a protest against all the equipment and the fact that, you know, we're having to buy new running trainers and they tell us that you need to replace them every six months, which I think is nonsense. Uh, they cost 200 pounds and yeah, you need the compression socks and you need the special moisture wicking t-shirt. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to run with no shoes on, you know, a t-shirt that I was given by I don't know, just like some training top that I'd won or something like that. And it's just trying to share that message. Like we don't need all the stuff. We just don't need all the stuff. Just get out there and move and feel good for it. And it's enough. It's enough. Oh, I love that you did that. How liberating. <laughs> that must have it felt was. great. <laughs> it felt so good. And, and exactly. It, it felt good because there was something kind of primal about it. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I felt like I was really in touch with something and so I want to say in touch with nature, but then like I'm running on pavement and roads. So maybe not quite in touch with nature, but a little <laughs> bit closer. And it also helps when you're running around, like I was in Newport, Wales, and you've got all these Welsh people like yelling, you forgot your shoes, mate. And you know, it, it all makes it good fun. It all makes it good fun. Anyway, we'll bring it back to, um, exercise and, and red January. Um, so you must have looked at, you've touched on it already, but you must have looked more into the effects on mental health. Now, I I think people are very much aware of the effects of exercise on mental health, as in, I know it's, we, we know it's good for us, but I think people maybe don't realise like the extent to the, the extent to what it's good for us and also just how these little changes, like we said, little changes can make a difference. So is this something you've kind of looked into and that you share about, you know, what, what do studies say and, and what do the experts say about movement and how much can... Yeah, it's effect? such good questions. And actually, since we've been going with RED, I remember so vividly when we first started, um, it's when all of the work was being done around people talking about the power of movement on our mental health and our emotional well-being. So Red's role then was very much supporting that and very much saying this will have a massive impact. Mm -hmm. And now our role has shifted into reducing the barriers to people enjoying movement. Because it's like you said, we all now know how powerful movement can be on supporting us day to day. During that time, we've worked with an incredible community of, of experts in this field, so behaviour change experts, researchers into movement and mental health including the world's leading researcher in the space dr brendan stubbs and the body of research and evidence out there is mammoth like there's no disputing that movement is incredibly powerful important valuable valuable part of our existence on supporting our well-being and actually the the main the, the kind of the main outtakes for us at Red is that it's what you just said there around the small, realistic movement every day will support you. And actually, the thing that people often found is find as well that for people that just aren't moving that much, when people start and they start moving more regularly, the impact on those people is huge, um, and the benefits around sleep. The impact then on nutrition, those choices that you make, your energy levels. We saw as well as part of our research with the University of Oxford as part of Red January that people felt happier in themselves, improved self-esteem as well. I've heard so many people share with us that actually after January, they've gone on and done something in their life that they've been putting off for so long. So actually movement became a bit of a byproduct to it all, really. They just started to feel more themselves. Um, for example, there was one redder that went and actually did their first interview for the first time and another redder that went and it tried something completely different or had a conversation that they'd been putting off or really just knowing that it is boosting self-esteem and confidence as well. And we just see it so often. We see it every year, the difference that it will make on people's lives as a whole. And as I said, there's just so much evidence to support all of that. 
Um, and so we're so proud to be a part of that body of evidence. But now, as I said, it's it's really looking at how we can take all of those learnings and all of our understanding and all of our experiences into making sure that everyone can easily access movement in a way that works for them. To know in the UK that's that's not that's not possible for everyone right now is the reason why our work is still so important. It really is. So um yeah, I hope that answered your question. I'm really mindful in these spaces as well, Sam, that I'm I'm not a behavior change expert and I'm not like a clinical scientist or anything like that. So I'm really mindful that um I don't share too many of the details around it because that's really where they come in. But I'm, as I said, I can share what came out of the University of Oxford evidence. And we're very fortunate to have the support of so many experts in this space as well. Yeah, but you you can share your experience and the this testimonials of the people that have signed up and that's valuable. Uh, it's it's true, isn't it? We always feel like we have to kind of caveat, don't we? And, oh, do I need an exact study and citation to back this up? Like Smith et al, 2018. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> of course that has its place, but like, I, I just love hearing stories. I think I used to be more caught up in the science and, oh, I want to share the research. And now it's just the stories. I want to hear about the stories. And I do want to hear more about the barriers, but before we do, um, I think it's what really interesting, a point to kind of hit home is what you said about how people who started moving more then were able to apply that to other areas of their life. They had the difficult conversation, they had they went is it they went for an interview or, or they yeah. did an interview, whatever it, yeah. So yeah. amazing. And and I think that is the other kind of hidden like hidden metric, as Chris Chris Williamson on the Modern Wisdom uh, podcast um describes it as the hidden metric it's like we don't we don't look out for those things we might be if we're exercising more we're looking at like the the number on the scale and how we look in the mirror and things but like what about those things what about the fact that you ran a 5k when you didn't think you could do it and so then you look at other areas of your life and go wow right I did that thing that I wanted to do and I set myself a goal and I put the habits in place and I put the people around me and I did it so why can't I do this thing at work and why can't I do this thing with my relationship and whatever it is and why can't I start writing that book and I really do think that is the power of movement and it's the power of other things it's the power of getting into an ice bath when you really really don't want to it's like I'm going to do this and I'm going to stay calm the whole time because I know that I can focus on my breath it's like oh wow right so when I go to that meeting that I'm feeling really worked up about I remember what I did in the ice bath which is that I just focused on my breath I let go I was present and I was able to kind of deal with that horrific painful experience of being in two degree water or whatever it is so it's it's just vital isn't it it's vital that we get out that message it really is I've never thought of it like that that hidden metric that's such a good way to put it um, not me Chris Williamson, that is Chris Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> I will be taking a listen to that podcast as well actually that's really um yeah, it really good to know about. But it is that. It's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's as I said earlier, it's, it's almost like movement becomes a bit of a byproduct and yes. you're, you're just stepping into your life and showing up in different ways. And but that's forming part of it. That's allowing you to, enhancing you, all of those things. And it's amazing. I don't know if you've experienced this. It sounds like you've perhaps experienced it for yourself as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. But seeing it with other people, um, when we go out and... I often, even throughout January, I love meeting up with Redders and enjoying some movement together and getting involved in the activity that they love as well. Um, and you just see it. You just see, and it's what you said earlier, it feels really primal, but you just see someone just kind of letting down all the, the kind of the things that they were holding, all that stress, all the thoughts about work and family. And, and in that moment, they were just being and just having fun and, and playing as well it almost feels quite childlike when you see someone have fun enjoying movement there's just something mm. so special about that it actually gets me I'm not getting choked up now talking about it but it gets oh, come me. on like I want like I need like that cliff that I can share you crying it's like yes <laughs> I do genuinely actually this morning I was um going through some of the online red channels and we receive emails often as well from Redders sharing how they're feeling at this time of year and how um, they used to really despise January and felt quite daunted by it. And now they're like, 
we are so excited for January. Like it's completely transformed what we think about January. And we almost want to get through Christmas and just get together and enjoy January. And when you read those things and you can just see, you can see that it's brightening, brightening people's lives up. It's just, yeah, you sit there and you, you read them and you know that you're kind of jumping from task to task right now. We're obviously in the heart of the campaign period, but I don't for one second take those things for granted. And it's amazing to see that people are embracing it in a way that works for them. It's brilliant. Do, do you pause though, Hannah? Do you pause, read them and go, wow, I made that happen? Because I think so often we we do something like that, don't we? And then it's right on to the next thing, like let's get more people signed up. Let's sell more. Not saying you sell more. I'm saying other people with their company or whatever, you know, next thing, next thing. And like, we need to pause, don't we? And go, wow. Like someone, I, more recently now, I've had people messaging me saying like, your podcast has really helped me, Sam. Um, like I made this change and now I feel better. Or I went through a breakup recently listening to your podcast help, or I've been oh, an anxious person. This has helped me. And I get choked up and that's just one person like messaging me. If you've got hundreds of thousands of people signed up and you're seeing those testimonials, um, I think if anyone can get choked up, it's you. <laughs> it's funny. I do. I definitely do. And I think more, again, I don't know about you, but connecting with someone in like in real life like person to person those are the times you know when you share right. those experiences and you're like looking at someone and um I still remember seeing someone wearing a red top someone that I didn't know and those are the moments where you see that it's really people really want it people really need it and they're embracing yeah. it and those are the moments where you're like oh it's incredible that people are getting out there and inspiring their friends to move and but if anything, the feeling that I'm feeling right now is we've got to reach more people. Like it's right. so important at this time of year. It adds it really I've got a fire in my belly anyway, but anything movement red January related, of course. But reading them just makes me go, Oh, if only someone that's feeling really sluggish right now, feeling really overwhelmed by the new year, thinking, oh, I don't want to hear about New Year resolutions, because I just I know I'm gonna break them. And I'm going to know I'm going to just set myself this impossible task. And I feel really alone with it. I don't know who to share this with. But anyone that's feeling that, how can we reach How can we reach them with this message? Um, and actually, Red January is more than just kind of sign up here. It, it's very much joining the community, setting a personal challenge that works for you and seeing where it takes you. And we'll be here year in, year out. So um, yeah. that's the thing that it does. It lights the fire. <laughs> Love it. Love it so much. Um, I said I was going to ask you about barriers, didn't I? I think I said I was, was going to do that and before I skipped on to the other thing. But yeah, so like because you said that, oh, you can't speak too much about it. You're not a behavior scientist, a habit change expert or anything like that. But you, you did mention about the barriers. And so maybe, I don't know, we can start there and then weave into what's unique about the approach. Because you just mentioned it's not just a sign up and kind of forget about it. It's like you do more than that. So I don't know if we can combine those two. It might be too much. My brother gave me some feedback the other day because he he's my biggest fan and he listens to every episode, I think, or almost every. And he said, sometimes, <laughs> Sam, you ask like two or three questions in one. So I'm very aware that I've just done that. So I'm going to pause and think, which one do you want to answer, Hannah? <laughs> Is it about the <laughs> barriers? Can you tell me more about like what you've seen in how we can break down barriers into exercise or we can answer the other one about the unique approach. Or you can just combine them. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making it up as we go along. So. <laughs> you can combine. <laughs> Shall I go straight into the barriers? <laughs> Do it. Yes. <laughs> Please save me. <laughs> um, so the barriers, and a lot of this has been what we've what we've witnessed as part of our January, but also you might have seen as well, but there's a body of research um, that comes from Sport England and and things like that around understanding what the things are that would prevent someone from enjoying regular movement. And there's so many, um, but the common ones that we all often experience at different points in our life are things like time, so being time mm. poor. Um, and that's why we talk so often at Red about it, are there things that you could do throughout just the flow of your day where you can incorporate movement? So it's not a case of I need to carve out an hour and go to a gym session, unless that works for you. Um, it's just finding those moments. Even if it's five minutes here and there, it's better than nothing at all. So those are the things that we often talk about. 
The other is around finances as well. I know we talked earlier around you might feel like you need to be getting kitted out in X and often the gym experience, all those things, they come with a price too. And if you're someone that that's just not, that's not an option. Um, then we work with a community of partners that make movement really accessible, either free, low cost, all of those things as well. And actually, we often say at Red as well, thinking about ways that you can make movement sustainable. And if you know that the cost of something is going to be a barrier for you further down the line, perhaps think now about how you can make sure that doesn't happen or the ways that you can move in your local community as well. And the other that we often find, and again, we've talked about this earlier, but is around self-esteem, low confidence. And so we talk again a lot about, a lot of red around, could you buddy up? Could you, with a friend, say, you know what, I really want to, actually the time that works well for me is getting up just before work, just getting out of bed and just going for a walk around the block. Will you join me? And so often you find that people are like, oh, I've really been looking for someone to do this with because I can't do it on my own either. And actually having that accountability, it becomes less about kind of letting yourself down. You don't want to let someone else down. Um, and so you start to build in those habits together. And so often what we find as well, I don't know if you experience this, but even when I'm walking along with a friend, it just is a natural thing. I end up sharing more than what I would mm -hmm if it was just meeting someone for a coffee, sitting alongside them. So um, it also becomes a great space to share. And yeah, the mental health benefits that come with that too are so, so powerful. So those are just three of the things that we often hear about at RED. And we, uh, we, we work with the RED community to understand how we can together reduce the barriers. And they've been such an important role in shaping what we do with our partners as well. Um, but yeah, those are the three that we often all experience at some point in our life. Yeah, I, I think that's hitting the nail on the head for sure. Time, finances and self-esteem makes sense. And like you said, there is ways to approach each of those things and to almost like tackle and help break down those barriers in not a super complicated or expensive way. Like there are ways to break down those barriers. And so if anyone's listening to this and feeling like held back and then you might heard all right yeah that that resonates I do feel like oh quite, I haven't quite the money to do this or haven't got the time like okay right I there there is ways around this and I and I can find approaches that will work for me so yeah really good really good so I guess this can now link into what's unique about the approach, not just to sign up and forget about it kind of thing like wh what is it what makes your approach unique? The thing that makes us so unique is that when you come to Red January, we encourage you to set your own personal challenge. So often initiatives are around, you need to cover this much distance, you need to do it in this time period, you need to do. Ours is much more flexible, inclusive, accessible. We really care about people forming movement habits that will support them well beyond January. That's why we exist. And so we, we really want to make sure that when you come to RED, you've got, you've got the option to really embrace it in a way that works for you. We talk about moving every day, but equally that movement for you on a few days might be that you're stretching in your front room or you're, um, when you're brushing your teeth, you're doing some star jumps, whatever works for you. It really is about whatever works for you. We also understand that stepping out the front door is a really can be a really daunting experience as well. And it might take time to build up to that. So perhaps run up and down your stairs. And there's so many ways that you can enjoy the benefits of movement from the comfort of your home as well. So it's, it's as I said, we just really care. We really care that people are forming movement habits. So there's that. And then also, this happened really naturally as well when we first started Red. But you do have the option to fundraise. and. We've been, myself included, have been so overwhelmed by Redders and their real desire for other people to experience the benefits of movement. So the Red community has raised just over 3.2 million for movement and mental health projects around the UK. And we were often told that oh, it's such a tricky time of year, obviously Christmas, and people would dig deep. 
when they experience the benefits to themselves, they want other people to experience them as well. So that's the other side of it is that actually year round, not only are you hopefully then keeping up the movement habits that you started in some shape or form, but you're also supporting hundreds of people out there to enjoy the benefits as well. It's like this cycle that happens every year. Um, and one of the greatest joys of the role that I'm in is that I get to go out and see the projects that have been funded by the Red community and see the difference that it's, it's having to their lives as well. So those two things, there's so many things. I'm obviously very biased saying there's so many <laughs> things that's unique about Red January, but those two things, again, it's like the essence of it. And the Red community, I'm very biased, of course, but they are incredibly special they connect all year round. We often see on the group people saying, let's meet at our local park run, let's go for a coffee, let's celebrate. I can see friendships being forged all the time across the country. We've even had a couple, they've got engaged recently. I was about they to ask, has there been a marriage yet? Oh, good, good, good. There is, yeah. There's, there's going to be um, a baby as well <laughs> coming on the horizon. Doing your part red. for populating the earth. <laughs> So, um, no, it's been, yeah, to be a part of that and to see those friendships being forged is is incredible. It's huge. And that community part is like, that is what's needed massively as well, isn't it? Like, we've all heard the stats about people feeling lonely and isolated and unable to name just one person that they could call in the middle of the night that would help them. Like, that is heartbreaking to think that there are some people that are feeling that lonely out there and so any kind of any platform that can make connections with people that have got a common interest and at the same time they're getting exercise and they're raising money for charity like it's it's just all good stuff it's all good stuff that must be incredible really too, like the amount of the amount of money that's raised and what kind of like projects have you have you visited what have you seen that's that's happened yeah there's been so many one of them um, that really you know when you again you know when you experience something you're like wow I wish everyone could be in this room experiencing this um, yeah. and it was a mum and baby yoga session because one thing that we we found is that when you're a new parent actually movement exercise sport becomes less accessible because you can't necessarily bring your tiny top into a fitness class you don't always that option doesn't always exist for you um and so to create spaces where you can bring your baby along with you and still move and obviously then the child gets something from that experience as well um that was a really special moment to know that there were so many parents out there that their words were saying they just they felt really isolated um they'd lost that community feel that they perhaps had before they themselves were feeling sluggish they weren't doing as much movement to know that they had this weekly session that everyone was looking forward to. And again, for even the child, like crawling around and it was a very... Downward facing very, dog yeah. and yeah. hand stands and stuff. <laughs> Honestly, much Get more flexible than I am. Exactly. <laughs> Human soul, I was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Love it. Um, going back to what you said about goals and like how they set a... A uh, very personal goal. I'm just like, what what could that look like? Because you said that it's not necessarily a time or a distance or whatever. So, what kind of things do people set? I'm just curious. Yeah, so we've got a four year old in the community called Jack who gets involved with this school and they do the daily mile together from their playground. We do that at our and school, I'm, yeah. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh, it's such a brilliant initiative. It's so yeah. brilliant. Um, and then we've got a 98-year-old Brenda in the community who goes out for a walk with her dog and she posts a photo. She's got a WhatsApp group with her family and she shares a photo of her daily walk. So she's you got that her. connection. Love she really <laughs> I love Brenda. I can't wait to join her for a dog walk. Um, but I love that she's sharing that with her family. And I know her grandson, James, and he's just like, it's so lovely to, because we wouldn't always hear from her every day. And now she's so excited to get out and take a photo of her walk and share that with us. And so we see that as well. And then as people come to it for so many different reasons. We actually, we often see people using Red January as an opportunity to try something completely new as well. Mm. So we find that people are like, oh, I used to love netball at school. I haven't played it in like, 
two decades. I wouldn't even know where to begin. And we've got this activity finder on the website. So you can just pop in your postcode and find things local to you. So we often hear that redders will try going back into a team sport, trying something like rekindling something that they really enjoyed as well. And then often people use Red January because they've got another goal coming up in the year, like um, their first running race or something like that. And they'll use it to train as well and mix up their activities. So it's a real range. It's a real range. A huge range. Well, what a 94 range, year range from a 98-year-old <laughs> to a four-year-old. Incredible. Love it. Um, maybe we can more, uh, move more into the workplace because that's another um, kind of approach that you take, isn't it? And something that you talk about is how can we get people moving more in the workplace? And I think it's something that is maybe being discussed a bit more, but needs to be more kind of like more out there kind of why are we sitting down for meetings all the time and why is everyone sat down at a desk when there are other options um i work in a school and i i think like there's so many ways that we could be moving not just with the children but with the adults as well like can we have a little walk before we all do our meeting staff meeting together little things like that that surely would make a difference but they just don't seem to be kind of cottoning on yet and maybe you'd get some eye rolls if you suggested it but we know that in terms of well just for the fact that we can keep moving throughout the day if we spend that amount of time at work then why not get some movement in at the workplace but also we know that it can have effects on creativity can't it and team building all this stuff so why shouldn't we be doing more of it? And so you've partnered up with Decathlon haven't you? So I'd love to hear more about what what can we learn from a company like Decathlon and how can we get more movement into the workplace? Yeah, we're really, we're really proud of this work. And it's something I know I touched upon earlier, but we do as part of Red have a year round mission. And really that's to take any learnings, evidence, insights into then shaping, informing other work that's happening all year round. And one thing that we experienced last year is Decathlon have been a partner of ours now for four years. And this past Red January, they embraced Red January by incorporating movement breaks into the workplace. And what that looks like is really small breaks throughout the working day. Things like a stretch at your desk, things like a few of you getting out at a set time, things like um lunchtime clubs before work going for a bit of a wonder if you've got a meeting like you just described can you go out and walk as part of that meeting um lots of variety but the the real focus being on regular movement bite-sized movement we're talking five minutes perhaps here and there so you can really make it realistic and it's again what you've shared there they did lots of surveys with their employees productivity was through the roof they felt a part of a team, that connection piece, especially now with the working culture shifting in the way that it has with people working from home. Actually knowing that you're all moving at some of the times of the day was really helping as well. And again, it's one of those things when you see that, you think, wow, that's something really powerful, hopefully very accessible for all organisations. So since Red January 2023, we've been calling on all organisations to embrace movement breaks. And as part of that, Decathlon have put together a step-by-step guide of how they practically implemented it. They're also looking to evolve their HR policy so it becomes a staple. So as an employee, when you join Decathlon, it's a, it's part of your part of your everyday, it's part of the DNA at Decathlon. And so really we're looking to share all of those insights with other organizations. So when as a team you sign up to Red January 2024 we'll be encouraging you to think about how you can take movement breaks throughout the day. And we've teamed up with some movement specialists to help with that as well. So there is incredible lady who does specialise in Pilates at your desk. So she's recorded some content for workplaces as well. And again, once you learn those things, you don't necessarily then need that video. You'll know to kind of five minutes, um, work on your posture, do a quick stretch, those kind of things. And also we've been getting some insights and feedback from workplaces that already embrace walking meetings and how they do that practically. Because there's the things like, what if I need to take a note though? What if I need to, so they've shared some thoughts around that as well. So um, this is, we've only just scratched the surface. There's so much more work to do around this, but it's happening 
around the world. This is already happening in some areas and there's so much evidence to show the impact on employee wellbeing. So we are a bit further behind here in the UK. So we're hopeful that the collaboration with Decathlon being leaders in this space will really help, really help inspire others to make that change for their employees as well. Mm. Is that guide you mentioned a guide from Decathlon, is that available or is that just in the, within their workplace? From today, actually. Yeah, we've just, oh, wow. um, they've just created. <laughs> that wasn't exclusive. like a thought out question, guys, <laughs> listeners, we promise. It really wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, they have created an amazing guide, an amazing guide. And again, it's what we said earlier. These things are really simple. When you read it, you'll be like, oh yeah, of course. But actually, a lot of the time you think, how am I going to do that? I'm so busy yeah. and we're getting pulled from pillar to post. So these are very simple. It's a very simple guide, which hopefully then will mean that it just, again, becomes part of your natural day-to-day as well. So that's available from today. It will be on our website, on our download section. Brilliant. But yeah, it's the practicalities, isn't it? Like we hear it, we know it's good for us, but like what does it actually look like in the workplace? That's what people want to know. And it makes me think like I, you know, I, as a teacher, you have kind of planning time, right? one, you know, for half a day a week or something like that. So I'll have a couple of hours and I can't sit in front of a screen for kind of three hours. So I might get up and, and walk around the field that we've got in our school, but it's crazy that I feel like self-conscious and a bit embarrassed to do that. Like people know me at school and they know that I can kind of do weird, quirky things maybe, but still it's like, why why Sam just walking around the field like on his own and it's like it's it's a a human thing to want to walk and be in the sunlight and yet I'm feeling embarrassed and I'm also feeling like oh maybe people think I'm not being productive if I do this so I shouldn't be taking a break because I I should just be working I shouldn't be taking 10 minutes to just walk around in a circle but I know that if I work for an hour And then I do that. When I come back, that second hour will be much more productive than if I'd have just kind of plowed through like some zombie staring at the screen and just kicked back another couple of coffees. Like that does so much more for me, doesn't it? And it's like that that embarrassment and that worry about productivity, it's it's ridiculous. But I think maybe that's another factor, isn't it, in the workplace? It really is. And I have no doubt that there'll be people looking at you feeling inspired by that as well and thinking you know what I really need to get out and get some fresh air as well I'm sure of it I'm sure of it and as we know behavior change it takes time there's never any quick wins and actually as a society it's there's so many things that have just it's been part of the norm for so long now it was just actually you, you working hard is you there at your desk that's what it means to work hard and so for us to really reframe that and for us to shift things and evolve things it takes time it it took time for us all to really feel that movement is so vital it is so important it took years so um that's where we're at right now and my hope is that we'll be chatting in the next year or two and you'll be hopefully sharing actually I, i go from now for a walk with a few of my colleagues and we're all that's really where we're all driving towards is just making sure that that's part of our day-to-day and actually for people that aren't doing it it's like oh what am I I need to be I need to be doing these things um yeah it's just going to take a bit of time but it takes people like you and so many people around the country that are just going you know what I feel good and this is good for me so I'm going to make it happen it's a really good point. A really good point. Like, yeah, just be a bit brave and be the, set the example and do what feels good for you. And and then, yeah, people will, people may well join you. Or I'm thinking maybe I should just be a bit braver and say to people, like, I'm going for a walk now. Do you want, do you want to join me? Um, let's go for a walk around the field. Um, oh, yeah, you should do it. Maybe that's your, my New Year's resolution. Yeah. January. It could be that. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We'll make it happen. (laughs) Right. So people have heard about Red January. Um, Where can they sign up? What's the process like? Um, Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. So you can join for free as an individual or as a team. And when we say team, you can join as your family, sports club, school, workplace um, at join.redjanuary.com. And when you sign up, 
it sounds cheesy saying this, but I really mean it. It's like, we'll be with you every step. We work with an amazing community of partners. And our role really is to make sure that you know that there's options available in your local community to move. Um, and it's what you said earlier as well. You'll be hearing from people in the red community, their stories around what works for them. So hopefully you'll be hearing from people where it feels really relatable to where you're at in life and will hopefully inspire you to make some change as well for yourself this January. Brilliant. Come on, listeners, get signed up. I want to hear about you getting signed up. Let me and Hannah know if you do. Oh, right. I've, <laughs> I've got three more quick fire questions for you. They are questions that I ask every guest. The first one, if you're ready, is what's one lesson you wish you'd have been taught when you were a child? Sorry, I'm sitting really up. <laughs> you're looking very ready for this. You are. <laughs> Well up for um, it. <laughs> what's the one thing? I'm, I can't help because I'm in the red January mindset right now and it is movement focused. But the thing that I wish I'd been taught as a child is that movement wasn't just about winning a race. I don't know about you, but sports day, I remember feeling the pressure of sports day. <laughs> it was not fun. I used to try and get out of sports day at every opportunity because it was all about winning the race. That's the way I saw it as a child. I wish, I wish someone had shared with me back then that it doesn't, movement doesn't, doesn't mean that. It doesn't need to mean that. Um, it took me until finding red <laughs> to know that for sure. So, um, yeah, that would be the thing that we're now trying to impart with other children as well. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's like, I think, I don't normally interrupt with these questions, but I just, I, I thought I would for this one. <laughs> Is that, that, like, it's nice to have a healthy balance, isn't it? Because, like, I, we, we all love a bit of competitiveness. Like, I'm sure that if you, when you used to sign up for races and cross countries and things, like, you, you do enjoy that competitive element, don't you? And pushing yourself. But yeah, for sure, uh, having a balance of, like, I don't really care whatever the outcome is. And also I'm going to do a couple of races where I'm not trying to compete. Um, I'm just going to do it for the love of it. Like it's that balance. Like during my week, I have a Wednesday evening session. that's like an interval running session with the running club. And like, I push myself harder than I would for the rest of the week because there's people around me and there's people that I kind of want to beat. There's like younger guys there and I'm like, I don't, can't let that guy beat me. So I want to <laughs> run a bit quicker. But then on a Sunday morning, I do a as slow as possible. Literally, I try and make myself run as slow as possible for 45 minutes to an hour. And I enjoy that way more. Like I absolutely love it. I look forward to it every weekend. I'll run into town and have a coffee and read my book. It's like, it's one of my favorite things to do. So it's like the healthy balance, isn't it? I love competing and pushing myself, but I also love the not caring about the outcome and just moving my body for the sake of moving my body. It's that, Sam. It's exactly that. And it's the latter bit. That's the bit that I don't know. For me personally as a child, I don't know if I necessarily saw that. No, I, yeah, for sure. I didn't at all. I, I would like yeah. be, I, tr I d was, did decathlon at university and it was just like serious face, got to train really hard. I didn't enjoy it one minute. And then it was only when I quit decathlon and just did other things and went back and did a couple of like athletics events and I was completely relaxed and smiling. I think I set like PBs. I ran faster and threw further because I was just enjoying myself. So for sure, when I was younger as well, I just thought it was this serious thing that you have to like grimace through. I interrupted you again. Sorry, Hannah. No, you didn't at all. No, I think I just, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm like, oh, it's great to know that you're in that space. And even the way that you're talking to know that children are hearing from you and those experiences as well. Um, we'd love to be doing more work with schools as part of this. We have so many schools get involved in, in red. And one of the reasons is this, like movement it should be play. Like kids yes. should be playing, right? It's just, and adults, we should be playing too. Um, so no, I just, that's the thing. That's the thing. And I often talk about it now. I'm like, oh, if only I'd learned that as a kid. Um, who knows? Obviously I've got here in the end. <laughs> but it would be great if we all have that in us from the very outset. For sure. I'm pretty sure it's a quote, isn't it? We don't stop playing because we get older. We get older because we stop playing. Like, that's it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's that. It's that. Mm -hmm. 
Right, back to my supposedly quick-fire questions, which I kind of scored <laughs> straight away. Uh, the next one is, what's one habit that you've um, perhaps introduced to your life that has helped you feel happier and healthier? And I'm going to maybe challenge you to not say a exercise or movement habit. <laughs> oh, Sam. No, but you can if you want. Don't worry, don't worry. One habit. Oh goodness! I know this is quick fire. I hope that you're gonna you're gonna edit out this tumbleweed moment. No, I want to embrace the long pauses. <laughs> the Louis the Louis Theroux awkward silences. I'm just gonna stare at you until you answer. <laughs> Intimidate and answer. It works for Louis. You're right. Um, one habit. Oh, it's such a boring one. <laughs> but it's, it's really important. It's whenever I get up, I always fill up my water bottle. So I make sure that I stay hydrated. That... You're right, it was boring. Hydration <laughs> 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 is important. <laughs> it's true. Um, oh, that's so boring. So I'm sure your other guests have come out with like gems of, oh, it's all I've got. I'm sorry. <laughs> absolutely fine i am just joking i hope you and the, the listeners know it's a, it's an important one definitely we are as a society not drinking enough so yeah drink more water people and waking up and filling your water bottle it's a good one it's a good one hannah <laughs> right last question um if you could give everyone in the world one book which book would you give them <laughs> this one is really i'm about to say a book that people are like huh um, but I guess when I was thinking about joining you, I was thinking, and I know you're a teacher as well, so I was getting into like a childlike mindset with it. Um, and I kept thinking about Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web was my favourite book as a child. And I don't know about you, as I get older, I'm reading so many books around how to, how to do this properly, how to... And actually, I think there's something so beautiful about rereading old classic child books as an adult and just remembering that feeling that you had when you were a kid. Um, we never make time. Well, I don't. I'm speaking. I, I don't make time for those things. And I was just thinking, maybe because it's Christmas as well, I was just like, oh, it'd be really nice to reread Charlotte's Web. And so I'm saying Charlotte's Web for me, but it's really just a book that for you as a child you remember really fondly why not pick it back up and yeah enjoy that feeling that you had I think that's such a good one such a good one because of like you said what what it means we get I get just so wrapped up in like the self-development like I read a it's lot of that, fiction yeah. yeah it's all like habits and psychology and how can I better myself and like sometimes you've got to go my gosh like I just should be happy with where I am and the progress I've made. And now I just need to have a little bit of fun and just read something that's like a classic that I enjoyed or maybe just something like trashy. Like that's why I watch like something trashy on Netflix because like I can just switch off and not think about it and just enjoy it. And yeah, why not with reading as well? Um, I'm lucky as a primary school teacher, I get to keep reading these. You know, Charlotte's Web is something that we read with the year threes. Um, the Iron Man as well, like little things like that. We uh, We keep reading so I can stay reconnected, but maybe I should be doing that in my personal life as well. I appreciate that one. Oh, pleasure. Hopefully I've made up for the water drinking earlier. <laughs> <laughs> just about, just about. <laughs> right. Um, Hannah, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. This one will be, uh, it should be the first episode released in 2020. Four, or I might just release it a couple of days earlier, you know, just kind of pre-January. Um, we'll see. But it will definitely be, you know, one of the first out there in January, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, before you go, um, where can people connect with you, um, like social media and stuff, if, you know, as well as the signing up on the website, how can they connect with you and your community? Yeah, so you can go to at Red January UK. We're across all the social platforms. We've taken a step into TikTok this year. Um, so yeah, you can find us there. 
Great, great. Um, yeah, thank you again for your time. And yeah, I'll be in touch about my um, my own Red January goals for sure. Oh, please. Thank you for having me, Sam. This was brilliant. Thank you so much for tuning in for this first episode of the year. I really hope you found my conversation with Hannah insightful and inspiring. If you did enjoy the episode, please share it with friends, family and colleagues who you think would also find it helpful. You can also support the podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app you're listening on. Thank you again, and I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.